Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone with me. And on today's episode, we'll be discussing the 1981 horror film The Evil Dead, written and directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandwis, and Betsy Baker. Uh, this is the story of a group of college kids who come face to face with an evil entity at a cabin in the middle of the woods. Uh, we watched this one last week as part of a Netflix party where we were lucky enough to have some of our listeners uh, join us, um, and we've had a pretty fun viewing experience. Um, Brian, this is one of your all-time favorite movies, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, it was It was maybe made a mention in our top five episode, not to reveal anything for those who list, didn't listen to it yet, but... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> As if it's that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil that episode. Uh, how many? How many but times? Yeah, I put. I'll just spoil it and say I put it at number five on that episode. <laughs> yeah, which I actually thought you were going to put a lot higher, uh, given like how many times you've mentioned that movie on this podcast. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I find a way to sneak it in a lot. Yeah. Um, oh, and before we move too far away from the Netflix party, a uh, special shout out to Becca, who donated on Patreon after it was over. So yeah. thanks, Becca. We appreciate that. Yeah, and it was great to meet her and, and watch the film with her. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, how many times have you seen this movie? Oh, I'm not sure. Somewhere between five and ten. Oh, okay. That seems reasonable. Like, over... Yeah, it's not crazy. Yeah. And and when was, like, the first time, high school or before that... Or after? No, it was, I was like 23. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so I guess, and you reminded me of this, the first time I saw it was with you, I guess, maybe like 2011 or 12, probably? Yeah, probably around then. Yeah, which I, I have no memory of, of watching this, though. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you sure I was there? Yeah. <laughs> this was at like... I remember a, it well. Where, where was this? At Amy and Joseph's apartment. Oh, okay. Did we have an argument about it afterwards? Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're a lot more argumentative in person than you are on this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, we're trying to limit the time of the episodes to like 40 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we could go all day on this. Um, so I, this is Sam Raimi's, I guess, second film. I think we thought it was his first, but um, he did a film called It's Murder in 1977. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I misspoke on the little Netflix party, so sorry everybody who joined. No, I haven't seen it. I didn't, never heard of it until we researched this. Yeah, it sounds like that was maybe more of a comedy than horror. Yeah, I saw a horror tag on there, so yeah. I would guess it leaned more towards comedy, though, just by the look of it. Yeah, and I, I guess speaking of comedy, a lot of people think this film has a lot of uh, like black comedy to it. Is, is that something that you've picked up on? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I don't think it's that funny. Yeah. I think it's pretty outlandish, but not necessarily funny. What about you? Yeah, same. When I, when I saw people referencing that and critics calling that out, uh, I still like, kind of struggle a bit to think about what the black comedy was. But uh, I agree. Like, maybe Are you talking about like outlandish in terms of effects, gore, acting, that kind of thing? Right, right. Like it gets a little bit splat sticky. Yeah, right. And like Ash's reaction to everything are so extreme, but yeah, um, there might be some comedy there, but... I think it's pretty light. I think so. Unless, like, you know, like uh, a woman in this movie gets um, uh, raped in the woods by uh, trees, right? And is, is that, like, supposed to be black comedy? I don't know about that. I think that Sam Raimi's maybe said he regretted that scene. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> it definitely is not a uh, 2020 type of scene. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I don't think there was anything. I think people just conflate this in their minds with Evil Dead 2 sometimes. Oh, okay. Right. Which I have some questions for you about Evil Dead 2, because I'm not sure I quite get it. But uh, Yeah, you've never seen that one. Yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, I feel like the horror is a little far-fetched, but yeah, to your point, it, it is kind of more, uh, kind of zany or something. Um, so uh, did you read about like how this movie was kind of uh, funded after he did like a short film called Within the Woods? Yeah, it was kind of like their proof of concept, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Yeah, right. Uh, pro- probably like a shorter version of this film, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure totally how long it was, and I haven't seen it, but I think it was essentially just kind of a way to pitch this movie and get more funding for it. 
Yeah, and and the funding side is really interesting because uh, I think they basically uh, they did like the 1980s version of crowdfunding where they just kind of cold called all their friends and yeah, family. like like people they knew, yeah, and their family exactly, <laughs> exactly, uh, which is pretty impressive because because yeah. what, what was the budget on this like three hundred thousand two fifty or something? Yeah, I read three fifty to four hundred k, but okay. it was one of those things where different numbers were everywhere. So yeah, did you see the box? there was a lot of that when I when researching this at least on the Wikipedia page. It was kind of a mess. It was. Did, did you see the range for the box office uh, performance? Yeah, it was like 2.7 million to 28 million. Yeah. Either, no idea what that was it's about. It's either this number or 10 times this number. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the coronavirus count right now. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> uh, originally, it was titled The Book of the Dead, but it, that was too boring. Thought that would have been an interesting turn. Yeah, I heard one of the producers was like, "You don't want to scare away kids with a literary reference." Yeah, I, I could see that being a killer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, e- Evil Dead Two. Uh. So everyone's saying it's basically the same movie, just funnier. Yeah, it's a, the exact same plot. It's not implied that it has ever happened before. It's just like a redo. Wow. How, like, why? Why did they do that? I, I need to research more about that. I don't know why they did that. Um, and a lot of people love Evil Dead 2 and think it's the best of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, what do you, I remember seeing it and liking it, but just, yeah, being like, well, I don't, why? I know. That's such a weird strategy for, like, a, a sequel. Like, let's just redo the first one but make it better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Uh, so that was in 1987, and then there was Army of Darkness as the third one in 1992. Out of the three, is this one your favorite? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, yeah. And then, you and then Army of Darkness, I think, and Evil Dead Two last. Oh, okay. Uh, Actually, I'd probably put the remake second. Wow. So the the original one, then the remake, then Army of Dark. I've I've seen Army of Darkness. I thought that was garbage, but that's better than <laughs> Evil Dead Two. I mean, Army of Darkness is just silly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What do you think of Sam Raimi? Because I feel like that's his M.O. in a way. He's like these kind of silly, uh, crazy, like uh, wild stretched uh, movies. I mean, what's your take? Right, yeah. I don't know. Like, I like him for the most part, but there are certain things in the, uh, there were certain things in the Spider-Man trilogy that got too goofy for me. Yeah. Um, but overall, I liked those movies. Yeah, actually one and two were like really good. I, I just thought three was a little crazy. Right, right. Um, and I like dragged me to hell a lot. I do too, man. That was really good. That was, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I guess he's got like a decent batting average, maybe. Yeah, sure. Worst. And I haven't seen some of his movies. I never saw Dark Man. Oh yeah, from the nineties, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Not sure. I, yeah, I'm not sure if those were like hugely successful or not. Uh, like any of his other films. I mean, obviously Spider Man was a big one. Um, right. But uh, yeah, between Spider-Man and the Evil Dead series, I, I feel like those are his biggest pieces of work. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then he's rumored to be on the uh, new Doctor Strange movie. Oh, cool! Right. Yeah. Another Marvel movie. That's that's cool. Yeah, I don't know if that's just a rumor or confirmed or what. Yeah, they were talking about that on our Discord server, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it sounds like him and uh, this guy Bruce Campbell go back a ways, and this was the, both of their like breakout uh, film. I, I, yeah, for both of them, this was like a breakout moment. Yeah, yeah, they were childhood friends. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Um, yeah, any what else, what else uh, other background you got on this? Uh, I thought it was pretty like just the filming experience for this movie oh, was yeah. pretty uh, surprising to me that they all stayed in this cabin, like the cast and crew. <laughs> yeah. With no plumbing. Some of it reminded me of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like what we write about the background of the making of that, where it's just like really rough conditions, people right. like getting hurt every day on set. And right, just, like, and really everyone was like literally miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. And you read about these contact, well, they weren't even contact, they were just lenses oh, that yeah. they had to put in their eyes for the like glossed over demon look, and they were like... They could only wear them for 15 minutes at a time because their eyes couldn't breathe. Right, yeah. Or get oxygen. Didn't someone, like, lose their eyelashes uh, with them? Right. I think that was, um, I don't know if that was the lenses or, like, getting prosthetics off their face. Yeah. But oh. Some, one of the ladies lost some eyelashes. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounded like it was just pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. There was, like, no toilet. 
13 people in a cabin <laughs> with no toilet and I assume no uh, no HVAC. Oh, my God. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate camping as it is. I mean, this sounds like 20 times worse than when you have so many people in one area. Yeah. I think. Do you think uh, that adds to the performances in the film when, like, you have these, like, really rough uh, situations or conditions? You know, I don't know. I feel like it would add to something like Texas Chainsaw when a good chunk of the acting is being, like, miserable. Yeah. But most of the actors were possessed <laughs> a large chunk of the movie, it seems. So. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe that uh, that's why they became demons is because they were in this really shitty... Th- this is what happens when you go camping with your friends. Yeah, they, just, they were just grouchy. Yeah, just become really grouchy. <laughs> Maybe that's what inspired this story. I think that's I what... I always bleed white blood when I'm grouchy. Yeah. <laughs> I think th- that's what would happen to me if I was stuck in a cabin with like 50 people. For it's that, like a that Snickers time. commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a bite, you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy, uh, about how they made this. And a lot of stuff was like DIY, I think, when it came to the camera rigs and, uh, some of those effects. So pretty cool how they did all of that. Yeah, it always is interesting to me when you read about the making of a movie and it's just super scrappy and like just two friends who really wanted to make a movie and. Yeah. I like, I like that part of it. Um, yeah. And, and I think like. Cool Sam- to think about. Yeah, and and then like Sam Raimi, I think he was he was only like twenty when they made this film. So yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, wild, uh, yeah. pretty impressive. This was filmed not too far from me, like an hour and a half away. Right in Tennessee. Yeah, Have you ever been to where that cabin is or was? I haven't. No, no. It sounds like that people have like tried to look for it, and all that's left is a chimney, supposedly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, I, saw, I thought I saw somewhere someone uh, buried, like, the book or something uh, under the fireplace or something, and that part might still be there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, supposedly Raimi himself did that, and, like, the chimney's the only thing surviving. I, th- that sounds like BS to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there was a lot around this movie that just sounded like, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of hype old wives tales, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what, what else? Any, any other background on this? Um, no, not really. Stephen King was one of the, like, early positive reviews that got this movie a lot of attention. Yeah, right. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, because they, they made this, and then they were kind of, like, shopping it around a lot of people trying to build a buzz. I, I thought that right, whole journey right. of, like, trying to get it, like, produced and, and, uh, and distributed was kind of a cool journey. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um, other than that, you just got some Ohio connections, courtesy of our friend Alex. Ooh, yeah, let's hear him. So, Betsy Baker, who played the role of Linda, was also in the 2016 horror movie Lake Erie. Oh, I've never even heard of that movie. Yeah, the story per Wikipedia is a young widow moves into an old house on Lake Erie to recover from the sudden loss of her husband. However, she soon discovers a dark secret and that she is not alone. Hmm, that sounds really good if yeah. she checked that out. Uh, and then Alex says, Bruce Campbell was in all three of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, and Spider-Man 3 was filmed partially in Cleveland. Oh, cool. Yeah. Damn. Any other ones? Um, I had one that I was going to use, because I kind of gave Alex short notice on these, oh, but I won't even say it, because <laughs> it's monotonous. We've, <laughs> we've connected through this person before. Sure, sure. Cool. So you got Yeah, I won't overdo it. It's nice you got a backup one. Uh, cool. Yeah. I, those are good connections, man. Um, yeah. Hey, Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Uh, what is your take on the Netflix uh, watch party and that, that tool? Because this is our second movie doing that. And uh, just, yeah, what do, you, do you enjoy that experience or what, what do you think? You know, it's actually, I feel like people maybe get, I don't know, and each time we've done it, people have kind of dropped off and dropped on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's because of internet connectivity issues or issues with the like Chrome extension itself, but... yeah. I kind of like it. It's pretty basic, but yep. it it's nice to just chat with people and see, and everyone's playing the movie at the same time. You don't have to sync anything up. Yeah, right, exactly. And what do you think of it? I, I like it a lot, too. It's like surprisingly not that distracting from the film. Like That's kind of what I thought would happen is you'd miss a bunch of stuff, but uh, I, f- I feel like that doesn't happen at all. So it's, it's kind of a cool way to watch a movie and have like some commentary going on in the background. I do feel like I have a hard time paying attention to the movie. Oh, with the chat going? 
Yeah, when part of it is like for the first 10 minutes or so, I'm like refreshing our Facebook and Twitter to see if anyone's like, hey, I'm trying to get on, but I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, um, the administration and everything of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes And sense. then just trying to keep up with people's comments, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what about like that timing? It didn't come out like a month or two ago, and then this quarantine hit. Now, like, it's kind of like, it's, it's just really suspicious how, how well it, they timed it. So you're saying that Netflix is behind the coronavirus? <laughs> I was thinking that today. You don't think so? <laughs> you don't think it's a little <laughs> suspicious that like a month before the coronavirus comes around, <laughs> these guys are coming out with an app like this? It's weird. Um, you know, that's a, yeah. Was it as a result of coronavirus or was it just happy coincidence? I, I think it might have like launched in January or February. So I feel like it was there and then it got more attention with the virus and the quarantine. Okay. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I think we'll do it again, listeners. So keep yeah. your keep your eyes peeled on our socials. We'll we'll let you know when we'll do it again. Yeah, and thanks everyone who's who's joined so far. It's been a lot of fun talking with yeah. some people. Yeah. Awesome. Well, any other background uh, before we jump into our review on the spoilers? No, let's move on. All right. Cool. Well, uh, let's talk about the plots, hit our review, and uh, spoil the film, obviously. Um, but before we do that, uh, today was kind of a nice day here. So do you mind if I take uh, like 20 minutes and just kind of walk outside really quick and pick it up when I get back? Yeah, sure. Go for it, man. Be careful. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. All right. Hey man, I'm back. Yeah? Yeah, man, such a nice day out there. I, I went to the park and I, I jumped on a swing, uh, but I think I might have pissed off some kids because I was, I, I was swinging sideways and with the whole social distancing thing, I guess that's not cool. <laughs> uh, I think some parents got kind of pissed off. Just bumping into all the kids. <laughs> yeah, just bump. That's how you're supposed to swing, right? You go side to side Coughing and bump. every which way. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that's not how you do the swing side? No, but that is how the ghost on the front porch of this cabin did the swings. Yeah, I'm telling you, all of us have been doing it wrong. It's way more fun going <laughs> side to side and bumping people. <laughs> it's a, uh, you ever, what are those uh, things that like are, are on uh, desks where you like drop the ball on one side and then the ball goes off the other side? Do you know that thing? Um, you drop a ball on one side and the ball goes off the other side. It's it's like this thing that a lot of people have it on their office desk and it's like four Oh, like balls. the perpetual motion thing? Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, what are those called? I oh, know. God. Yeah, I know. They must have a name. Pendulum? I guess it's kind of a pendulum, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called a pendulum. Really? That seems like a... Yeah, I think so. doesn't seem specific enough because when I hear pendulum, you think about just like one thing swinging back and forth. These are five balls, though, right? Uh, I can't remember how many balls are involved. All right. I'll uh, count next time. Uh, but yeah, um, that, that's a way better swing set. If you, if you got I that could gun. see the demon that ended up in the basement being the one that was swinging side to side. <laughs> she was just like monotonously pounding on the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was like really patient. <laughs> just <laughs> This morning, my wife and I woke up to this pound, incessant pounding. Wow. And we turned on the baby monitor, and our toddler, who's in the room next to us, was just sitting in his bed, pounding his the back of his head against the wall oh over and over. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that, were you guys like kind of scared at first? Uh, he was briefly possessed, but he's all right. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> that's good. No, he's he's a weirdo, so we weren't scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's hilarious. Uh, did you have to like, go in the room and stop him? No, no. We just let it play <laughs> just out. Just let it. <laughs> He'll catch on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let's dive into the plot uh, and we'll hit some of the spoilers here. But uh, this movie picks up with a, a camera going through the swamp. And I think, uh, like, this is a thing that we see a lot in the film. And it's uh, trying to mimic, I think, an evil presence that's going through the woods. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, I assume so. Okay. Uh, so then we meet our characters who are these four college kids in a car. Uh, they're driving to this rural cabin uh, for a getaway weekend. Um, uh, the main character, his name is Ash, and he's with his sister, his girlfriend. He's got a friend named Scotty, and uh, Scotty's girlfriend's with him as well. 
So they get to this cabin, and there's this swing on the porch that's swinging side to side, as demons do. Uh, but when they go to open the door, the cabin's, uh, the swing suddenly stops. Um, Brian, I mean, like, yeah, do you think demons actually just don't know how to swing back and forth? I think that might be. Yeah. I mean, they're they're supposedly ancient, so maybe they didn't have swings. Yeah. Certainly not porch swings. That's true. That's true. I guess they're trying to figure out this new technology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... So they settle, uh, everyone kind of settles into this cabin. It's kind of a spooky cabin. There's like some rooms with sharp objects and um, it's pretty, uh, I, I guess it's pretty janky of a cabin, not, not something you'd pay a lot of money for. Uh, yeah, it's not the kind of place you want to walk into on a vacation. Yeah, you're not making a great impression on your, on, on your significant other. Yeah. Um, so there's some spooky stuff going on in the beginning. Uh, this one girl hears a voice outside saying, come join us. And at one point, she's drawing a picture, and her hand gets possessed, and she ends up. Uh, I think I think she ends up like drawing a book, right? Right. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not much. There's like some banter between the characters, but not a lot of character development, is there? Um, you know, there isn't much, and that is one weakness to this movie. I think um, they do. They are kind of fooling around to a point that you can kind of get the uh, feel of at least Ash. Yeah. But like the, the women, you just really, you almost get confused as to who's who the whole movie. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I remember at some point uh, you realize one of them is Ash's sister, and like I, that's like at like forty five minutes or an hour and a half into the movie. Right, or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, they don't take much time developing the characters. Yeah, which is surprising me because I, I know that's a big thing for you. So uh, yeah, it's interesting to see that. Yeah, it is. This this movie is a little bit odd for me to be such a fan of because I'm always pretty insistent upon that. But yeah. I think Ash kind of he works as a developed character. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, they definitely uh, flesh him out a bit more. Right. Um, so then, at one point, they're having dinner, and this trapdoor pop o- pops open, and uh, Ash's friend Scotty goes into the cell to check it out. Uh, they all wander down there, and they find some crazy stuff in this basement, uh, like kind of old artifacts and a dagger, and they find this book, uh, which looks really creepy, and a, a tape player. Anything else in there worth mentioning? Um, a copy of, or a poster of The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I miss that. It's pretty out of place. <laughs> yeah, that is really out of place. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that demon trying to catch up with the times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, the Hills of Eyes, like, that would have come out, like, just a few years before this, right? Uh, yeah. Gosh, I, I don't remember what year. I want to say 77, but I'm not totally sure. Yeah. That's yeah, random. But, yeah. For, <laughs> first, I figured out what a swing was. Now there's movies? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh... So yeah, they bring the this book and the tape player upstairs, and they hit play on the tape player, and this voice starts uh, reading these. Um, I, th- I think they're it's like a spell in Latin. Latin is that your understanding of it? Yeah, yeah, like an incantation. Yeah, right. Um, but when it's happening, we see some kind of crazy stuff happening in the woods. Like I guess like some spirits like kind of running around with the camera, and I, I feel like uh, do we, do you see a demon like popping out from the ground at this point? Um, I don't think so. You know, okay. I'm not sure if that was Latin. I feel like it might have been some ancient language. Oh, okay. We don't want to offend the Latin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess they never really specify what language it was. They talk about Kandar, wherever that is, if it's a real place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to look that up, if that's a real place or not. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's like some explorer found like this book or something, and he recorded this spell or something. Right, right. And I think it's kind of inspired by the Necronomicon, which is a fictional book in a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's work. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, when when that recording is played, uh, some spooky stuff goes down, uh, and you see some things in the woods kind of happening or something going on. I think a tree, like, breaks the uh, glass of the window, right? Oh, yeah. Right, right. So, so the, yeah, I guess this is the part where I'm confused, because uh, they... The spell kind of brings these demon entities up, but we know there's already been a demon entity kind of running around in the woods from the opening scene. Um, how, do, how do you tie this together? Yeah, I don't I don't put much stock in the demon in the woods. I just feel like it was a fun idea for to do something creepy with the camera. Oh, okay. Got it. That makes sense. 
so Cheryl kind of uh, gets upset after this. Uh, she, she's one of the girls, and after that tape plays, she's kind of upset. She goes to her room, um, but she hears these voices outside saying, come join us. She goes outside to check it out. And at this part, she says a line that's actually in our opening credit song, which is, I totally didn't realize it was from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised you didn't know it was from this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forget, man. I think I was listening to a few samples when I put that together. Right. Uh, so I, I forget where it was from. Um, but she says, I, I think I know somebody's out there or something like that. Yeah. So uh, she wanders into the woods where she gets attacked by these trees, which pin her down and then the trees rape her. And it's a kind of a hard scene to watch. Um, what, did, what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty shocking the first time I saw it, but it, it seems kind of out of place now. Yeah. Um, and probably then, too. Like, it doesn't really have that much to do with the rest of the movie. Right, yeah. It doesn't I mean, like that. It would have sufficed to have the tree, trees just try to grab her, you know? Yeah, right, right. I guess, yeah. like, that's how they enter her to possess her, but I, I don't think that was necessary. Right, yeah. I kind of agree. Um, that's probably not in the remake, right? Uh, no. Yeah, okay. As far so, as I remember, I, I would be surprised if they put anything like that in there. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, so she comes back to the cabin, and she's pretty uh, upset. And Ash, Ash tries to take her back to town, but uh, they realize that the bridge is out, and they're stuck in this place. So they come back to the cabin, and some of these girls are some of the other girls are playing uh, cards, and uh, Cheryl uh, starts screaming. I, I think this is like kind of the first uh, time we kind of start to see she's possessed because she starts screaming uh, that what's on each card, which is kind of a cool scene. I know you've talked about this one before, right? Yeah, I, I like that scene. Yeah, I like the way she's like announcing what's on each card, and she's like in the background. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's just a nice way to reveal that someone's officially possessed. Like, yeah. Of all the boring ways to do it, that's just it was kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of subtle, but then like it amps up really quick. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, hey, she got a couple right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, she's just reading them all really fast, and her voice becomes more and more demonic. Yeah, yeah. This happens like in like 10 seconds. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so she turns into this monster and like levitates, and then she attacks them. And eventually they're able to trap her in the cellar. Uh, but she's able to like kind of like poke her head through and, and kind of like taunt them one by one. Um, <laughs> just like nonstop, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she gets out eventually, but it almost feels like the whole movie she's just down there banging on the door and yeah, <laughs> yelling, join us. <laughs> yeah, have you ever done an escape room? Uh, no, I haven't. There's, there's this one um, mode or, or like scenario they do where you're, like you're stuck in a room with a zombie who's like tied to this chain and each like 10 minutes or something the chain gets longer but it kind of reminded me of that where like you're putting them in a small space there's this zombie that's like under them like taunting them the whole time not even a zombie but like a demon and, mm. uh, and it's kind of a cool uh, variable in there nice yeah uh, so I want to do one so bad yeah I know man I feel like you'd be really good at them yeah um so uh, she's one of, one of the other girls uh, gets attacked when uh, a, another demon comes through one of the windows. Do you, do you remember this? Like what what demon came in through a window? I as many times as I've seen this, I lose track of who's possessed and when they get possessed <laughs> and which one of them's which. Yeah, and how they get possessed. Yeah, because I think after yeah. a while too that their their faces are so distorted that it may not even be the original actors playing them. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's some. hard to tell who's who. Right. Right. Or like this, yeah, the order of who's getting uh, possessed, when, and how. Stuff. Right, yep. But anyway, yeah, she she becomes uh, possessed. She attacks them. Uh, Scotty and Ash kill her, and, and they have to chop her up, and, and there's this kind of gross attack scene where she bites off her hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Scotty, like, slices. I think it's Shelly at this point, oh, Scotty's okay. girlfriend. Yeah. He slices her hand somehow, and she just chews it off. <laughs> Which, like, why? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why does she chew it off? But I'm so glad that she does because it's just bonkers. Yeah, yeah. This is like where the gore is kind of getting over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, you see like even like the way they have like the hand kind of crawling around, you can kind of tell it's like the effects are so low grade where it's just like they've uh, the camera is like just focusing on the hand. So it looks like, well, you can tell it's attached to the body, right? Uh, and, I can't remember this scene well enough. Oh, I feel like they keep showing this hand, and it's supposed to imply that it's just a hand moving around. But the way the screen is cut, like, they're just uh, shooting it in a way where all you see is the hand, and there's obviously 
a hand behind, like a body An arm behind attached. It. Yeah. So you're saying it wasn't a real severed hand movie. That's the, <laughs> that's what I'm throwing out there for consideration. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> but I, I could be wrong, you know. Could could actually yeah. been a hand. Uh, so they they finally like cut her up and they go outside and bury her. Um, and then uh, Scotty's like, I got to get out of here. He tries to leave, but um, he ends up being coming back into the cabin like pretty wounded. And he says like the trees aren't going to let them escape. Um, Ash's girlfriend becomes possessed and uh, attacks them. And I, I thought this was one of the creepier possessions because she becomes kind of like a clown and kind of giggling and goofy. What, what, what did you think? Yeah, her makeup is kind of clowny and she's just smiling and laughing the whole time with these weird eyes. Yeah. Giant smile on her face. I, yeah, I think... I think the demons are creepy. Like, yeah, I could see how someone could think it looks silly, but yeah, the first, <laughs> like, I know Jason, I think was on there. Like, this creeped me out as a kid. Yeah, um, but it creeped me out at twenty three. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, think it I, just struck the right chord with me. I like watched it at the right setting at the right time, and I was yeah. ready to be scared. And and it's also kind of cool that each of the demons is done uh, differently. Like it doesn't feel very repetitive that you have like four or five demons who are all exactly the same. I feel right. Like they, yep. They keep it pretty fresh. Right. And they kind of look different at different times too, which some sometimes doesn't always make sense. But oh yeah, it keeps things visually interesting. Yeah, yeah. Someone called that out on the uh, during the movie. Though. Like they, it's how, how quickly they like transform these demons. Uh, like yeah, it's it's kind of hard to keep track of, but it, it does keep things interesting. Right, right. And they may have just done it, like, for ease of makeup. Like, okay, like, instead of just putting on more and more prosthetics, let's just do a, an entire mask. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Switch out into a new mask now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so Ash eventually kills her, and he tries to bury her, but she comes back, and he has to decapitate her body. Um, finally he returns to the house and there's kind of a longer sequence, uh, where he's just walking through the house and seeing like blood coming out of places and a film playing in the background. Uh, what what was the point of this sequence? Yeah, this was interesting. It was more like a psychological horror sequence. Right. Um, I don't totally know what the point was other than just them trying, the demons, I guess, trying to unnerve ash just messing with him i guess yeah like yeah. the mirror he like reaches his hand into the mirror and it turns into water there's blood flowing through the pipes and out of the oh, power yeah. outlets and stuff like that sure yeah that makes sense uh yeah i guess i guess at this point it's just a battle between uh the demons and him and this is more of like the mental psychological war yeah yep um yeah so this happens and then finally he gets attacked by uh the, the demon that was in the cellar and his friend who's become a demon and there's a battle but he manages to kill them finally by throwing the book of evil into the fire which causes their bodies to decompose and a demon hand to pop out of them and I think the effects get really crazy is, is this like stop motion? yeah it's like claymation claymation yeah yeah uh, which it's, it's kind of goofy but kind of artistic I mean what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it looks silly, but it also looks really good and goopy and gross and kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's like a, they coexist at the same time. I know, yeah. And it's like unique enough where it's, it's, it feels like kind of original. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that fun to see. And then uh, the movie finally ends with Ash uh, walking outside in the morning, and we see the monster vision coming up through the cabin, and the last scene we see is like something's kind of bearing down on him outside. Yep, and he looks at it with a horrified look, and the camera cuts. <laughs> that was a camera on a bicycle. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Any any like uh, things I missed that you want to call out, or any anything that jumped out? No, not really. I mean, the plot isn't really even that important. It's just kind of the the pace of it all, and yeah, the effects and the blood and the goop. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> that's the bulk of it. Uh, yeah, so I, I I know you love this movie, so like, yeah, what do, what do you love about it? What do, what do you like? Yeah. Uh, I think some of the stuff I, I think the crux of why I like this movie so much is the pace. Yeah. Like, it just, like, every movie should have, like, peaks and valleys of, like, tension and then relief and tension and relief. And this movie does, but they're so, the relief moments are so short and, like, infrequent. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's just the right amount to make it so that it's not just insane and that you're overwhelmed. That's true. That's a really good point. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, the whole movie is toying with, like, suspense, slight comedy, suspense, slight comedy, uh, relief. Yeah, it is kind of like an up and down uh, way to go. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I definitely mentioned this in our top five episode and probably before on the podcast, too. But it's always been one of my deepest fears as a kid that I would wake up from a nightmare and walk into my parents' room and they'd be, like, possessed or something. Oh, yeah. Or that they just get out of bed and their eyes would look different and I would know. And yeah. I think that just hits upon that. Yeah, sure, sure. The people you know becoming these, like, unrecognizable demons that are trying to kill you. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, th- I thought the demons were, were really interesting because uh, they, they kind of balance, like, taunting him and being uh, kind of funny with them, like, also trying to kill him and being, like, these murder murdering presences. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a cool balance there. Yeah, and if they, like, ever get, if he ever gets the upper hand on them, then they're like, Ash, it's me, like, yeah. speaking normal, normal voices, which I thought was really cool. Right, kind of being able to jump back and forth yeah. between the scariness and, like, yeah, the people he knows. Uh, that is pretty cool, and I, I I wonder if this is like one of their earlier movies to play with that concept of um, people. I guess you have zombies, but those are different, right? Yeah, man, yeah. you think everything is like zombies? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cannibals are the same as zombies. Demons are the same as zombies. It's all the same, man. I I was gonna ask you, like genre wise, like uh, this kind of feels like zombies, and the fact like these people get uh, infected or like possessed, I guess. But right. I guess they they have more they they still have speech and stuff. Yeah, I feel like I kind of in my head have a subgenre of just demons, not like a demonic possession like the exorcist, but yeah, just multiple people being possessed by evil. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and it's definitely a splatter movie. It is, yeah. A lot of it reminded me of like Dead Alive and some of the splatter and the effects, and, like the amount of gore and the way mm-hmm. it was shown. Um, Dead Alive was like probably ten years after this. Yeah, yeah, 1992, I think, was Dead Alive, so, yeah, 11 years. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. This movie was, like, 11 years before, but, like, the effects were pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, people have talked a lot about it over the years and how influential it is, and yeah, uh, I can totally see why. Like, it feels really original. Yeah. And I think some of the stuff that they did with the camera is, I think, part of the reason this movie's so scary and why I like it so much, like, it's just a little unpredictable compared mm-hmm. to most horror movies. Yeah, less formulaic, I guess. Yeah, and like if you watch a horror movie now and you're pretty well versed in horror movies, you can be like, all right, well, something's going to pop out there. Yeah. Or if they don't do it there, they're going to do it over there because that's where I was expecting it. Sure, yeah. But here you don't know who's going to come back, when they're going to come back, how they're going to come back, and why, <laughs> and if they're outside or inside, or yeah. is that woman still in the basement? Like, yeah. It's just a madhouse, and I think that really works in its favor without, instead of making no sense or being, it's just the right amount of confusing. Sure, yeah, yeah, very, very unpredictable, and, and yeah, I think, I think the setting, like, being, like, so minimal, you're kind of in the small space, but then you have, like, this whole woods outside uh, adds to that element of just, like, yeah. the unpredictability of, like, where is it going to come from? Right, right. Yeah, like, are they around the house? Are they in the house? Are they in the basement? Yeah, right. Um... One example is a jump scare that we talked about in the Netflix party when his friend Scotty gets possessed Mm -hmm. uh, or, like, reanimates. You see the shot is of Ash, like, going from inside the cabin outside, like, stepping out the door. Yeah. And he's kind of, like, in the background of the shot. Like, you see the whole room. Right. And then... His friend just pops up from laying down to sitting up, like right in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just feel like you don't normally get a a jump scare that's like in the foreground like that. It's yeah. normally like behind the character, exactly, or off to the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just really original and unexpected, and it was it was cool. Yeah, no, that was a super unique uh, scene. I don't think I've seen something like that before. Yeah, and I just feel like there's little stuff like that. I mean, that's like a big example, but there's little stuff like that that happens that you. Uh, if you start to pay attention yeah. and, and analyze the cinematography and the camera work, you, you realize it's a little different than, than most horror movies. Sure. Yeah, it, I think that's a good way of describing it. Like it, it is just like a little different. I think it's 
really like Sam Raimi, like his approach uh, and his like way of storytelling. Um, it just feels like he's always like balancing like comedy and horror. Or not, I guess not comedy, but more like timing and, and horror. Right. And uh, yeah, it just feels like a very unique type of narrative uh, in terms of how the sequences play out and, and the actions and even like the violence and the gore that you see some of it just it catches you by surprise throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, um, Ryan Terry, who is, he was the professor horror. Oh yeah. On the, um, so also, uh, Ryan does reviews and stuff. I think he's at RL Terry on Twitter. If you want to follow him, um, he's just generally a good person to follow. And he guests on a lot of horror movies. He's a screenwriting professor, but he, uh, brought up the observation that it's only the ladies it seems that really get beat up on most of the movie oh yeah what what were your thoughts on that uh yeah that that seemed pretty i mean it's kind of hard to watch uh because it's definitely like two or three scenes where he's like punching uh the girls uh yeah the women in the film uh and it's kind of kind of hard to watch because yeah you wouldn't think uh that would happen today but this was like 1981 but um i don't know do you you think that was purposeful on their part that the violence was just going to be directed at the women versus the men I don't know. I mean, it was kind of like there were three of them and they got possessed and only one guy. Yeah. So it may have just been kind of a, on accident. Right. But, you know, there's certainly things you could look into. And you could even say, like, they kind of paint Ash as the more, like, chivalrous of the two guys. Mm-hmm. So maybe this experience is even more horrifying for him that he's finding himself reduced to, like, beating them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and when they're like crazy demons, it's not like he's just beating right. them up before that happens. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're demons, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I I think you're right. I think it, it, there were there there were definitely more women and uh yeah, it is kind of cuz Scotty was like a douchebag, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was also thinking if one wanted to really look into it and analyze the movie this way. Mhm. I think you could look at Scotty and be like, most of his injuries are uh, like getting penetrated. Oh. Like, I think he gets uh, impaled with a tree branch. Yeah. Uh, then Ash gouges his eyes. Yeah. Um, and, and then at one point, he pulls the tree branch out of him, and then there's this gaping hole just spewing blood everywhere. Yeah. And from his eyes, aren't there, isn't there like a lot of white stuff coming out too? When his yeah. eyes come out? Yeah. 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 So, you, so what, what, what's, what's your take on that? I don't know. I don't think I have a take. I'm just <laughs> thinking if someone wanted to really analyze this, yeah, uh, from a gender perspective, I, I think, huh, that might be something that they would bring up or look into. Yeah. I personally don't know if there was anything uh, consciously or unconsciously in there for that reason, but just yeah, something to think about. That is really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I find, I'm kind of leaning towards Sam Raimi not being like at that level where he's like trying to make subtle uh, remarks about like gender stuff. But right. Um, yeah, that, I'd love to read someone's take on that though. That, that is a really interesting pattern. Yeah. Oh, and I I liked uh, what you mentioned about uh, Ash, like his uh, transformation, because I think a lot of the movie rests on him and like how he's processing all of this and just like that look on his face and his reaction to things. And that, that seems to me what, like, creates him as a character in, like, not right. only this movie, but, like, the whole series. One thing that, like, was a bit character development or, like, a bit of drama, like, kind of snuck in there in an otherwise just kind of crazy movie was when he was kind of, like, trying to force feed Scotty, like, some water, like, as yeah. he was dying. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, hey, we're all going to get out of here, like, you and me and Cheryl. Right. And... Shelly and Linda, or Linda and Shelly, and he's like, oh, well, maybe not Shelly. Like, whichever one of the ones who was clearly dead, Yeah, he, like, forgot. And it was, like, a moment where he he forgot she was dead and was like, oh, well. Yeah. Like, it could have come out awkward and silly, but you could also kind of read it as a sad moment for Ash or he's processing that someone's actually died here. Yeah, I kind of saw, like, maybe he's, like, in a state of shock or something. Uh, right. As, yeah. as he's like kind of trying to calm people down, he's still yep. like, grappling with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. And yeah, that that whole scene, like he comes back, he's giving uh, his friend water. The other uh, demons like trying to get out of the basement. 
Um, it just kind of yeah reminded me a lot of uh, someone like trying to take care of like the drunk friends at like a like the morning after a party or something. Or, or at a party. <laughs> yeah. just, I, I think we all had a good laugh when you made that comment. Yeah, you, you, does this remind anyone else of being the sober one taking care of your drunk friends? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that like you know, you're you're out with your friends like like you're at the you know at a cabin or something? Everyone just partied way too hard, and you're that one guy trying to like hold it all together. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's kind of like the rule he was in. I feel like in this film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's tough. And then, uh, yeah, at the end, I guess he just kind of uh, gives up to the madness. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, he kind of makes it, but it, it seems like the madness maybe gets him in the end. Yeah. but Which is weird, though, because the sequel picks up where he's back at it, right? Uh, yeah, but where Army of Darkness picks up, it kind of shows you what happens there. Oh, oh, okay. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, okay. It picks up, like, after the events of the cabin. Yeah, yeah, like right from the moment where that the camera, the demon vision is approaching him. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, dude, I just cracked open a book. Uh huh. Every every year, I read a book about horror, and then I talk about it forever. <laughs> we'll be hearing about this one for. <laughs> yeah, this book is called "The Philosophy of Horror," and it's kind of a collection of essays from philosophers, I think. Yeah, and their take on horror. And the first one was about how horror movies essentially break embedded trust that we don't even know we have in our day-to-day life because it's such a basic part of life. Yeah. And he's talking about it in comparison. Like, examples he brings up are Alfred Hitchcock movies like Psycho. Like, you trust the person at the hotel isn't going to murder you. Oh. You trust that for the birds, like... The murder of crows hanging out in your yard aren't going to attack you when you walk out to your car. Sure. Yeah. And so he kind of makes an argument that any horror movie is a break in that essential trust of your day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that it kind of resonates with me. I mean, it's kind of stating the obvious, but you trust that your friends and loved ones are going to be the same person today that they were yesterday. (laughs) Like the core of their being isn't going to change, which is... (laughs) kind of like an obvious example uh it feels like a stretch but yeah sure yeah yeah it probably is <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, then i thought more about it with like the movie too and just watching this with expectations of typical horror movies like you suspect you trust when someone's down they're gonna stay down like not always in every horror movie but the injuries they sustain in these it kind of is incredible that they keep coming back yeah um yeah, just or like you trust like that demon banging on the door in the basement won't keep happening because it's really annoying, but they just keep doing it. Like right, yeah, yeah. So you think that's kind of what Sam Raimi does? Then he kind of just takes every assumption that you have about uh, the characters in this film or the, what, the action, and just kind of like turns it on its head. Maybe, maybe on accident. And I realize yeah. I'm totally stretching what I just read to fit this, but no, I mean I think there's a lot of validity. I mean, especially with like the unpredictableness of. Uh, what happens here? It is like, like I, I didn't expect that demon from the ground would like break out of there and come back. I thought like they had it pretty subdued, um, right? Or like when they, when he finally burns the book and they all, all the demons die. You, you expect it'll be like a minute, but yeah. it's like a seven because, minute sequence. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that's the main success of this film, just like uh, surprising you and keeping it very unpredictable and fresh. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think me too. I, I love how dizzying it is. Yeah. How nonstop. Yep. Yeah, pretty original in that sense. Uh, yeah. So how many uh, faces with milk, or I guess like white fluid coming out of the eyes, would you give this one? Uh, I give it five five faces with 2% milk shooting out of the eyes. 2% milk, damn. That's what they used apparently. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's my favorite. Well, I guess old milk would probably beat that out. I don't drink milk anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. But when I do, I feel like I'd rather just go whole than any of that watered-down stuff. <laughs> don't fuck around. Skim is yeah. gross to me. It is, it is. Hey, what is the other 98% in 2% milk? <laughs> <laughs> you ever thought about that? Is it just water? Oh, God. <laughs> what? You know the answer to this? I mean, I think that's the fat content, right? Um... Oh, is yeah, yeah. They, it, like they skim off some of the fat. So they skim off ninety eight percent of the fat. I guess so. Yeah. Interesting. Ninety eight percent demon blood. Two <laughs> percent milk. Ninety eight percent demon blood. 
Yeah, that'd be a good marketing strategy there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know I was, I was going to give this one a three and a half. I mean, I, I thought the gore was really cool and the story was uh, fresh, but I, the, the character is not being fully fleshed out. Kind of uh, was a bummer to me. But I think talking it through with you and um, coming to appreciate some of the randomness and like the surprises that the movie brought forward, um, I think I would give it a four because uh, yeah, it's, it's very entertaining and well paced and uh, yeah, just re- re- real fun watch, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really coming to between this and Dead Alive. I'm coming to appreciate the choreography of, of oh, things yeah. like this, like just the splatter and where people are and what they get sprayed with, and right, yeah, yeah. You start to yeah, realize I, there's this whole like timing and art art behind how that happens, right? It's pretty right. I've I've read a term since we started this podcast called blocking, which I had never heard of before, which I think is just essentially how the director and cinematographer arrange characters in the frame and, and yeah. where they'll move and uh, kind of just even mapping that out beforehand. Like, you know, you're going to move over here and this will come in here. Yeah. Which is an obvious part of making a movie, but I'd never heard a, a term put to it before. Yeah. Yeah, there's a real art to that. Yeah, so. for sure. I've, I'm coming to appreciate it more and more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Of my top five, this is the one I could easily see like getting bumped out of there, oh. <laughs> uh, largely because of those, the character development issues. Yeah, yeah. And even the beginning, the first twenty minutes or so, is kind of dumb. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. It also seems like kind of uh, you know it's so hard because so many movies have copied this film or like paid tribute to it. So it's just hard right. to like go back and watch it and like try to figure out what was original about it or or not. Yeah. Yeah. For but, sure. But I think it's also telling that it's like such a it has such a legacy. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yep. Uh, cool. Any cool. other thoughts on it? Uh, no, I think that's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, then that's going to be it for our review of The Evil Dead from 1981. If you enjoyed this episode, you can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love that. Uh, other people are going to be able to find the show that way, and we always appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com. Or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with some other listeners and other horror fans. So you can find the link for that on our website. We also have a Patreon page in case you want to throw some change our way. You can find us at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy May Popart, so check her out on etsy.com. Our Ohio connection is from Alex Budin, who runs Jukebox in Cleveland, Ohio. So hit up that bar if you can. And until next time, if uh, you're staying in a cabin with uh, 10 or 15 of your friends, uh, make sure to bring a breakfast or some coffee so that uh, they don't all turn into demons the next morning. So what it was. There was coffee in that fake blood, by the way. Oh. Secret ingredient. That, that's probably why they're all so pissed. They're all wondering where the coffee <laughs> <Yeah. went. laughs>